Hello, my Rebels. Today I tell you something that you might not know about. There's a media company in Canada that might be even more censored than us and might fight back even harder than we do. I like to think we're both of those things, but let me introduce you to Choix FM, a radio station in Quebec City, and tell you the latest attack on their editorial independence by the government. I think it's going to blow you away. Um, by the way, I want to invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's the video version of this podcast. It's eight bucks a month or 80 bucks if you buy the whole year in advance. Just go to rebelnews.com and uh, sign up right there. Okay, here's today's podcast. Tonight, there is one media outlet more hated by the government than Rebel News. And maybe they're more courageous too. It's September 29th and you're watching The Ezra LeVant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. I've often said that Rebel News is the most censored news network in Canada. It's partly because of me personally. I've been the target of government censorship for more than a dozen years, ever since the Alberta Human Rights Commission prosecuted me for publishing the Danish cartoons of Mohammed. I really didn't mean to make my life about freedom of speech. I had other plans, but sometimes things happen to you. The government investigated me for publishing some cartoons. That's what happened to me. Uh, and I just didn't go quietly. We published those cartoons for the intention and purpose of exercising our inalienable rights as free-born Albertans to publish whatever the hell we want, no matter what the hell you think. So that's what I've been doing ever since, really, but it's happening a lot more frequently these days, not just to me, but to our reporters. Justin Trudeau banned our reporters from the leaders' debates in the last election. We won that fight in court. Rachel Notley sued us for a billboard we put up in Alberta, and bizarrely, the new provincial government continues to fight us in court, even though Notley was thrown out. Trudeau has weaponized the police, turning the RCMP into his errand boys, seen here escorting Kian Bexty away from a press scrum just because he's conservative. Here are a couple of 30-year RCMP veterans interrogating me for an hour about my best-selling book, The Lebranos. And not to be outdone, the disgraced mayor of Brampton, Ontario, actually had David Menzies put in the back of a police car because David caught that mayor sneaking into a hockey arena that he had closed to the city's children. What a creep. So you see why I call us Canada's most banned media company. And it's not just the Liberals and NDP, even the federal Conservatives, under the erratic leadership and poor judgment of Andrew Scheer, got in on the game literally arresting our reporters too. It's true that we're censored all the time. And Trudeau hates us personally because he can't control us. 
Mr. Speaker, when it comes to civil discourse, when it comes to the kinds of back and forth that happens in this House, it's a real shame to see the Conservatives using lines straight out of Rebel magazine and Rebel uh, webcast. The Rebel should not be writing uh, commentary and questions for the members opposite. They should know to disassociate themselves from that kind of politics and those kinds of personal attacks. But I think honesty compels me to tell you that I think there's actually a media company in Canada that may be more censored than us and may be more hated than us by Trudeau and just as beloved as us by the people. Now, the reason you might not know about it is because it's a French-language radio station in Quebec City called Choix FM or Radio X. They've been getting in trouble for 20 years Sort of like me, I guess. Look at this CRTC ruling from back in 2004. Officially shutting down the radio station like we were in the Soviet Union or something. Why? Let me quote. These findings were based, notably, on the Commission's analysis of 47 complaints it had received since Schwa FM was acquired by Gen X in February 1997. These complaints concerned the broadcast of abusive comment, offensive on-air contests, personal attacks and harassment on a daily program aired by Schwa FM during peak morning hours. So you've got half a million listeners, but over the course of seven years, 47 little snitches didn't like it, but instead of ignoring it, switching the channel, or I don't know, calling into the talk shows to argue with the host online, which is half the fun, I don't know, setting up your own radio station, 47 losers over seven years went to the government, the CRTC regulator, and asked them to ban the biggest radio station in Quebec City. And the government said, oh, sure, we'll shut it down. Yeah. So when word got out that the government was going to shut down the station, the city was outraged. Look at this. The commission received 9,000 468 interventions concerning Schwa FM's license renewal application. 9,417 were in favor of the application, 38 were opposed, and 13 were comments. Huh, what's that, like 99% in support of the station? Anyways, the CRTC goes on for 37 pages debating, analyzing what the radio host said over seven years and concluded by saying that, yeah, they're going to shut down the radio station China-style, Soviet-style, Iran-style. You know what? Eight days after that ruling, 50,000 citizens marched through the streets of Quebec City, the largest protest in that town since the 1960s. They also had a massive protest on Parliament Hill, too. Not quite as large. That's a four-and-a-half-hour drive away from Quebec City, but nearly 10,000 people showed up to defend a radio station. Imagine 50,000 people marching in Quebec City. So, of course, the cowards at the CRTC backed down. And far from killing Schwa FM, it propelled them to new heights. And, in fact, one of the radio hosts, Andre Arthur, he was propelled into Parliament. He was literally elected as a local MP over the whole censorship scandal. He declared his candidacy just three weeks before the vote. He spent less than $1,000 campaigning, and he crushed all the other parties. That's how outraged people in Quebec City were about Ottawa's censorship. So do you see what I mean about Schwa FM? They're sort of like us, always fighting for freedom, 
always tweaking the powers that be. They mock Justin Trudeau. Trudeau hates them because he can't control them. I mean, of course, the CRTC could always try to shut them down again, but how did that work out last time? Schwafem fights hard. They're beloved by their people. But because it's all in French, because the rest of the media hate them, we don't hear about them in the rest of Canada here in English Canada. Which brings me to today's story. Look at this. La ville de Québec cesse toute publicité à Radio X. How's my French? Terrible, right? Sorry. That means in English, the city of Quebec ceases all advertising on Radio X. That's Choix FM. Now, the story's in French, of course, in the left-wing La Presse. I'm not going to punish you by trying to read any more French at you. Sorry. So I'll, I'm going to put it through the Google Translate machine, and I'm going to read the translation. So forgive the choppy language. That's just Google. So here's what this La Presse article says en anglais. The city of Quebec is putting an end to its advertising purchases on Schwa Radio X, considering that the station, quote, constitutes a danger to public health. Just stop here for a moment. So ideas, debating, different points of view, that's now a danger to public health. That's a new one. They tried to take Schwa FM off the radio because they were rude, you know, 15 years ago. Quebecers laughed at that. So now they're trying, they're a danger to your health, like you can get sick from listening to them or something. You know, that's what they said in the Soviet Union too. If you disagreed with the state, you were mentally ill. You had to go to an insane asylum because only crazy people wouldn't love Stalin. I'll read some more. By their choice to promote opposition to health measures, the owners of this radio station are endangering the health and potentially the lives of the citizens of Quebec and elsewhere. Reads a press release from the city Monday morning. Under the guise of the idea of freedom of opinion, this organization promotes ideas opposing health measures, adds the city. Hang on, so, so opposing government measures is now dangerous? Don't we actually believe in opposing the government in a democracy? In fact, don't we take the biggest complainer in the whole place, give him a full-time job, give him a big office and a staff, and call him, what's, what's the leader again? What's the word again? The leader of the opposition. Don't we actually believe in opposing so much we have a permanent job? Isn't that part of the checks and balances to power? And isn't that the role of the media too, to report the news? Yes, but to be skeptical of governments, especially in the time of crisis, to challenge them, especially when parliaments are prorogued or canceled and courts are shut down and everyone's acting like sheep. Isn't that exactly the time when a different point of view is most valuable? And really, if you're worried about people contradicting official advice, because that's dangerous to public health. What do you say about Canada's health authorities who first said it was a bad idea to stop flights from China and then said it was a good idea to stop flights from China, who first said that masks don't work and now say that masks do work? I mean, we're supposed to take such clowns at face value. We're not allowed to laugh and mock Teresa Tam when she tells us to have sex with masks on. We're not allowed to oppose a little tyrant like this. I think the public has to know this is one of the worst case scenarios in terms of an infectious disease outbreak in that their cooperation is sought. If there are people who are non-compliant, there are definitely uh, laws and, and public health um, powers that can quarantine people in mandatory settings. It's potential you could track people, put bracelets on their uh, arms, have police and other setups to ensure quarantine is undertaken. Yeah, I'm with Schwa FM on this one. Let me read some more. 
Two columns published in quick succession in the Journal de Québec last week accused the station of sustaining conspiracy and anti-mask discourse. The hosts defended themselves on the air from doing so, assuring that they had the right to be critical of the government's management of the pandemic. Okay, great, that's called a debate, you know? You can be pro-mask and you can be anti-mask. Say, what is the Centers for Disease Control? You know, the nonpartisan U.S. Health Agency, the CDC? What do they say about masks? They're the largest and most respected public health agency in the world. What do they say about masks? Um, well, here's their big study on masks. You can see it was published in May at the height of the pandemic. They checked and checked and checked. They reviewed 14 scientific studies. Evidence from 14 randomized controlled trials of these measures did not support a substantial effect on transmission of laboratory-confirmed influenza. Oh, they, they didn't? I'll do another show on this report. It's so important, but let me just give you some details. I'm just going to read a paragraph from it, okay? This is from the CDC. One study evaluated the use of masks among pilgrims from Australia during the Hajj pilgrimage and reported no major difference in the risk for laboratory-confirmed influenza virus infection in the control or mask group. Two studies in university settings assessed the effectiveness of face masks for primary protection by monitoring the incidence of laboratory-confirmed influenza among student hall residents for five months. The overall reduction in ILI, or laboratory-confirmed influenza, cases in the face mask group, was not significant in either studies. Study designs in the seven household studies were slightly different. One study provided face masks and P2 respirators for household contacts only. Another study evaluated face mask use as a source control for infected persons only. And the remaining studies provided masks for the infected persons as well as their close contacts. None of the household studies reported a significant reduction in second secondary laboratory-confirmed influenza virus infections in the face mask group. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop there. It goes on and on and on. 14 studies they reviewed. None of them show masks work. So yeah, what's that censorship phrase from the city of Quebec again? Anti-mask discourse. Better shut down the Centers for Disease Control. The politicians won't like their anti-mask discourse. Let me read some more from the, from the uh, La Presse. The city of Quebec considers that Radio X is dangerous especially in a context where the capital is heading towards the red zone, red zone, oh, the red zone. That sounds like a schlocky horror movie, maybe a zombie apocalypse. You're in the red zone. It's almost like the politicians trying to, you know, be as dramatic and self-important as they can be and to scare citizens as much as they can. I wonder what the mental health effects of this panic attack are. Forget the virus. What about the paranoia? I'll read some more. The city of Quebec can absolutely not endorse, through its advertising and financial participation, the behavior of the owners of Schwab. This behavior is likely to increase the current level of contamination, which has a major impact on public health and on the local economy, explains the press release. Oh, is that what ads from the government means? That you're endorsing the editorial content of a show? I thought advertising money was spent to, you know, advertise things. You're, you're buying eyeballs, really. You're trying to sell cars or you're trying to sell a you know, cellular phone or something. You're not officially endorsing whatever someone just said on TV or radio or in a newspaper next to the ad. 
except that's exactly what the government of Quebec just said it was doing, the city of Quebec City. That when they give money, they're endorsing and supporting a point of view. They're admitting what we've accused governments of doing, of doing, of using their money to effectively bribe news media. They're just coming right out and saying it. They use tax dollars to reward media who are compliant, and they take tax dollars away to punish media who aren't compliant. Justin Trudeau does the same thing with $600 million a year for the newspapers and $1.5 billion a year for the CBC. He's just not quite as stupid as these local Quebec City politicians are. He doesn't say the quiet part out loud. I'll read some more from La Presse. Quebec City was not in a position on Monday to say how much money it had spent on advertising on this station in recent years, but she has at least two advertising campaigns on Radio X at the moment, which focus on road safety and the Structuring Public Transport Network. Their broadcast cost the city $9,000, said a spokesperson. Oh, so they're going to actually cancel road safety ads. They're seriously not going to run those ads? Those sound like real public health ads, actually. Although, come on, whoever listened to a radio ad and said, gee, that ad just made me decide to drive more safely. But someone must think that ad works. But they're literally canceling real public health ads about safety to punish someone who disagrees with them about masks, about public health theater. But get this, this takes the cake. Politicians boycott Radio X, Schwa FM. Same reason they boycott us, because they can't control us. But they made a special radio ad attacking Schwa FM listeners... I haven't heard it, but it sounds like they just called Schwa FM listeners stupid. You know, yahoos, as Doug Ford would say, covidiots, whatever. And so they made this special ad, the Quebec City made a special ad that they wanted Schwa FM to play for their listeners, that insulted their listeners, and so Schwa FM just refused to air the ad. Here, let me read from the press. Last week, the station declined to broadcast a government advertisement tailored to Radio X listeners, the anti-conspiracy message was delivered by two former station hosts. The management of Radio X judged that the government advertisement painted a cartoonish portrait of its listeners and established a link between the station and the conspiracy. Host Dominic Moray defended this decision Monday morning, quote, we invited Aruda, that's no. We invited Legault, that's no, said Moray. Just to explain, Legault is the premier in Quebec, Aruda is the public health official, so Dominique Moray, a host of Schwa FM, said he invited them to come and talk, but they refused to go on the show to talk about these things. But they'll try and run an ad to insult the station and its listeners? Let me read some more. They say that we are biased, but we invite for free, and, and that's no. And you're going to take our tax money to advertise that we are biased while you refuse interviews? He said at the microphone of his morning show. What do you think of Schwa FM, Radio X? I've been on the station a few times over the years. Their host interviews me in English and then he translated into French. It's a bit choppy, but you can tell they have a lot of fun and they love to take on sacred cows. They really are like rebels. They use pirate imagery, not rebel imagery. They're being punished now for daring to criticize the government, just like we are. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you let me know if you see anyone in English Canada? You know, Canadian Journalists for Free Expression, Canadian Association of Journalists, Pan Canada, Reporters Without Borders, 
the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. If you see any of them or any politician or really any journalist, can you let me know if a single person in the whole country stands up for their freedom of the press and their freedom to dissent and to criticize the government? Anyone? Anyone? Stay with us for more. Tell me a little bit about what your message is. Uh, no thanks. Don't want to talk to a rebel. Yeah. F off and go away. Don't touch me. F off and Don't go away me. with that fucking bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. I just want to know what you think about uh, how hypocritical you appear with these plastic tarps. Wow. They're made out of plastic? I had no idea. Okay. Oh my god. Oh my god. They're made out of plastic. I didn't know that. F off and go away. Were you actually not aware or are you just you're just joking around, I guess? Do I look stupid? No, I think... I well, you kind of do, because you're yeah. protesting the oil sands, you're protesting... Well, actually, I'm not too sure what you're protesting. Uh, obviously... We're protesting shitheads like you. Obviously, you're, obviously you're not you a fan of plastic. You threatened women at a camp last year. What? You threatened women at a no, camp last year. No, I didn't. No, yes, I didn't. You're absolutely you're, crazy. Your group. Your group. Yeah, I did not. I didn't do that at all. Get the hell out of here! Chill out. Hello. <laughs> John is his name. That's our own Kean Bextie talking to a group of protesters, including a grown-up who should know better, who when asked why he was using a plastic tarp made from petrochemicals after a torrent of profanity hit Kean, causing his microphone to break and smash on the pavement. What a strange, violent, and cowardly reaction. We didn't know who he was, but there was a moment that he didn't have his mask on. We published his face to the internet, offered a $500 reward, and in fact, John O'Brien was identified. And today, our lawyers fired off a letter to the Ottawa police asking them to investigate. Joining us now via Skype from Calgary, is Kean Bexty. Kean, great to see you. Hey, great to be here. Um, it happens too often that our people are attacked. You, Sheila, David Menzies, uh, it happens too often. And I don't think that it's anything we're doing wrong. Your questions may have annoyed John O'Brien, but that's not an uh, excuse for him to immediately snap and become violent. Um, he was on Parliament Hill for a public protest designed to communicate a message. You were simply asking him questions about it. Why do you think the left now has as one of their chief tactics physically attacking conservative-leaning reporters? Uh, because they, I mean, they have nowhere else to go. John O'Brien is the typical case of these radicals who have been, these extremists who have been radicalized by the likes of Catherine McKenna. Um, Catherine McKenna, and I, I was saying this in my story that I published earlier today, Ezra, is that um, in her rhetoric, she acts like the the world will end, and people who are opposed to this sort of radical brand of climate justice are deniers akin to Holocaust deniers. They are 
evil, they're vile people, and they deserve what's coming to them. And then John O'Brien, well, he takes that message and he takes it to the streets. So uh, I think we're probably going to be seeing more of this. You know, this isn't the first time that people have been hopped up on an ideological propaganda. Um, we saw it during the Cold War. I think what's new is that these propagandists, these ideological extremists who have been radicalized, I think what's new is that they see violence as a default setting. In the past, they would nag you or haggle you or debate you. I just don't think violence was the first on their list of to-do when encountering a critic. I think that's new. I don't think it's new that you've got a wacko, you know, hardcore ideologue hanging out on Parliament Hill talking to anyone who will listen. I think that's as old as time. I think what's new is the violence. Yeah, I mean, you, you've, been a long, you've been around longer than me. I certainly, uh, I, I feel like I was born into this, uh, having just graduated university and starting at Rebel News. It seems like violence was always the default to me um but like like i said i haven't been playing the game for as long since i started at rebel news when i was at ottawa my first my my first interaction with these violent extremists was with antifa when they took my uh camera and threw it on the ground after punching me uh when i was covering the united we roll convoy in ottawa um the, it, it it seems like it's second nature to these people and i'll take your word for it that it's not something that has been going on for a long time I mean, it, there's been violent eras before. I was just reading a, an essay in the magazine First Things about how violence was commonplace. There were literally thousands of assassinations, bomb attacks, stabbings in Russia in, during the revolution on, by all parties. And it became normalized and accepted. And the intelligentsia thought that violence was the noblest ideal. Um, I think one of the differences is that, I mean, I can't help but notice that when Justin Trudeau himself and Catherine McKenna herself object to Rebel News reporters, and you in particular, they, I mean, you, you talked about the, the rhetoric they use, but Trudeau has turned the neutral nonpartisan police into his nightclub style bouncers. And I recall when you went to Rideau Cottage, to ask him questions in the morning scrum, he had the RCMP forcibly frog march you off the property. Frankly, it probably counts as a legal assault on you. I think maybe, you know, there's a saying that fish rots from the head down. If people see Justin Trudeau using police to physically shut up critics, yep. even Andrew Scheer, uh, the low-energy, poor-judgment interim leader of the Conservative Party, who's thankfully relegated to a footnote in history. Even he called police to handcuff David Menzies. So I guess when the political bosses resort to physicality, why shouldn't some loser named John O'Brien on the street punch a microphone? I mean, why not? Everyone else is doing it. Yeah, uh, you're right. And it's, I think it's worth noting that it wasn't... When I was at Justin Trudeau's residence at that press conference, it was Justin Trudeau's media boss, Terry Guion, who directed the RCMP to do what they did. This is standard practice for them, for liberals, for leftists, against 
journalists who share the other side of the story. This is their this is their marching orders. You're right about that. They take it from the leader, Catherine McKenna, Justin Trudeau, and his henchmen, uh, and they're just following uh, following the leader. Yeah, you know it's remarkable. There's a there's a gag, a practical joke, a prank, a meme. It's very profane. It started as an ironic joke and it, and it caught on where people, usually men, see a live reporter, usually a woman, and they walk by and they shout into the microphone, F-U-C-K, her right in the, and I'm not going to spell out the second word, and they, they holler that in the microphone and they dash away. And it's, it's, a, it's a profane prank. I've seen it done by women as well. I've seen it done by women to men, but it's usually a man passing by quickly, shouting this string of profanities to get onto a live broadcast, often at a sporting event. This happens in Canada once every few months. And whenever it does, the reporter becomes national news. Are you okay? Do you need a grief counselor? The police, more often than not, get involved track down the offender. And what's the, what's the offense? Swearing? That's not actually in the criminal code. I remember in Ontario that one of the uh, people who did it was um, working for the power company. He lost his job. He later got it back. So swearing in passing at a reporter just to get in their live feed, that is a five alarm fire. Let's have a national day of mourning. Get the police involved. It's terrible. But an actual reporter on Parliament Hill gets the microphone smashed out of his hands by a left-wing activist. Complete silence from the media. Same thing whenever any of our reporters get hit. Complete silence from the media. Sometimes the media says, oh, it didn't even happen. Or you were asking for it. So I, I think that's part of the problem, too. Not just that the Justin Trudeaus and the Andrew Shears and the Catherine McKennas of the world have fomented this. But the rest of the media says, oh, no, no, that's fine. You can physically assault conservative journalists. Just don't dare, you know, oh, my virgin ears, I've never heard a swear before. So police officer arrest that guy for swearing. But Kean had a microphone smashed out of his hands. Who cares? No, it's worth noting that Justin Trudeau's parliamentary security watched the whole thing happen. Uh, there was three of them that were standing by the south doors of the West Block. Uh, just a little bit above us, and they did nothing. They watched the whole thing happen. Even the dude who came uh, from his car from the road shouted at the officers and asked them why they were doing nothing. Uh, and I think that that goes to show that they like this is this is a coordinated effort with the people in power, Justin Trudeau, um, and his thugs, whether they're the RCMP or the parliamentary security. They will do his bidding and arrest the people they want to arrest and ignore the people who need help that Justin Trudeau wants them to ignore. Yeah. Well, uh, if they have a political approach to the small stuff, like a microphone being slapped out of your hand, you can imagine they have a political approach to the big stuff, like Justin Trudeau interfering in the corruption trial of SNC-Lavalin, um, the various ethics breaches, and all sorts of other criminal allegations. We, charity. If the RCMP will become political about the trivia. You can imagine how political they are about the graver matters. All right, Keen, we'll let you go there. I'm glad we found John O'Brien. Uh, let's see if the Ottawa police do anything. I wonder if there's some honest cops there. 
who put partisanship aside. Thanks for joining us today. No problem. All right, there you have it, Kian Bexty. Uh, he's been assaulted several times, included by Jonathan Yaniv, who we are pursuing in court. Stay with us. More ahead. On my monologue last night, David writes, we already know the liberals hate Alberta oil. <laughs> you know, they love Alberta oil in so much as the money it gives them and in so much it gives them a punching bag. But oil, they're all for the Saudi oil and it looks like they're all for subsidizing oil off the Atlantic coast. Grace writes, as regards the gender analysis, the women and families who would benefit from a real employment opportunity would far outweigh any perceived negative impacts Think of how often we have heard of women who have had to do whatever they could to feed their children because their men were unable to find real work. Well, I don't know if you remember when Catherine McKenna brought in that insane gender-based analysis for pipelines. Don Martin, who's a real liberal of CTV, he couldn't, he just couldn't even believe it. So he asked McKenna what she meant. She meant, she literally said on air that having groups of men come in to build a pipeline or a railway or anything like that she implied that that would cause rapes to go up in the community. And they would literally weigh that against building the pipeline. Or she would, she in advance accused working men of being rapists just cause. That's kooky Catherine McKenna. Hey, I don't think I ever showed you this, but uh, I saw this on the Post Millennial the other day. They dug up an old video of Catherine McKenna eating dog meat and going to a cockfight. That's when birds kill each other. Here, take a quick look at this dog meat video. I found out one of the most popular dishes in Flores was dog. Guess what we had for lunch? That's from the post-millennial. And take a quick look at this, look at this video. You know what a cockfight is? They put razors on birds and make them kill each other. Take a look at this. Like this is one see the cockfighting. Ah, so oh. secret code. Yeah. Ah. Before we entered the fight, Bimo explained that everyone who watched had to donate 5,000 Indonesian rupiah, or three US dollars, as a bribe to the police. Apparently, the police would show up and threaten arrest if they didn't receive any money. The dirt makeshift arena was filled with strained expressions of anxiety. These men were definitely serious gamblers. You're going to choose the winning one? Yeah, okay. Sure. Okay. And you're going to test for its, like, the strongest bird? Yeah, yeah, so, and look, look more muscle, you know? Yeah, I, I think that is one messed up woman. And I'm not sure if I'm going to take morality lessons from her about whether or not a pipeline is a good idea ethically. What a kook. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, good night. And keep fighting for freedom.